think, yes. We can talk. People can talk normally. You don't have to feel uh, sort of curtailed by it. <laughs> I'm, what I've decided to do as I teach on the um, Oxford University Creative Writing Master of Studies and also the Creative Writing Undergraduate Diploma and also the weekly classes, I thought I'd give you a taster of the sort of things that I cover in my class. Um, and we usually start with an exercise. There's some, actually someone here who's attended several of my classes. <laughs> and as Lorene knows, I usually start with a, just a very simple, often quite silly exercise, just to get people's minds going and... You know, it's like doing a, a very, very mild workout at the gym, and it's with your mind instead of your body. Um, these are all words. I can go actually here, can't I? And say these are all words that have fallen out of use. And um, the reason I've put them up is because I want to just remind you that language is a living thing, and it's constantly evolving, and it's sort of rather like the magical beast that you're trying always to hold on to and um, it, it, it evolves constantly and words go into the dictionary then they, then they get left off out of the dictionary um, become dead or redundant and these are some dead or redundant words which I thought it would be nice to give them an airing today so I want you to just ha take a minute literally and, and jot down what you think those four words mean. Um, and you don't, if anyone gets the meaning right, there won't actually be a prize, but you can feel very pleased with yourself. Can you see all right, Lorraine? Slipe, yeah. <clears throat> S-L-Y-P-E. Jurging, J-I-R-G-I-N-G. Sniggling, S-N-I-G-G-L-I-N-G. And tyromancy, T-Y-R-O-M-A-N-C-Y. Okay. So has everyone jotted a rough idea of what they think the words might be? Okay. So, <clears throat> can we start with you? Um, just, what I want you to do is just, you start with the first word, slipe, and you just put it into, just start a sentence using the word slipe. Then you have to go on with the story using the word judging, okay? And then we'll go to you, we'll do this side first, and then we'll go to this side, okay? So... No, just, just put it into a context, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm particularly slight, first thing in the morning. Great, <laughs> great start, <laughs> okay? So, I'm particularly slight, first thing in the mornings, and... The church bells get me jerking. But the church bells get me jerking, okay. I didn't like the sound of the church bells, so I sniggled deeper into the bed. That's a nice one, yes. But the tyromancy I experienced yesterday kept me awake. 
Excellent. So start again with a swipe. Great. We usually spend the evening jogging. <laughs> Very good. Yes. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Uh, but my mind moved to the charge of sniggling. Right, that's very good. Lorene, do you want to stop? Tyromancy. Tyromancy is my favourite hobby. Good. <laughs> right, now we start again with Slipe. I can't think anything of anything to say about a slipe, you say. <laughs> and then you carry on with judging. So I decided to go to the gym to do some judging. Good. Okay. And everyone was sniggling at me. <laughs> Good. Um, and I found it all a bit like tyromancy. Good, that's excellent. And last one, can you do all four? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> okay. Shall we have? Shall we all help? Shall we all help? He sliped his way forward. Come on, everyone. Jerging along. Jerging as he jerging as he went. Past the sniggling people. So what was the last one? With great tyromancy. With great Good. Okay, so I shall tell you now. These are all old forgotten words. Slipe is a fellow who runs much after the female creation, oh. yet, <laughs> yet has not the boldness to seduce any of them. <laughs> and that was... <laughs> that, <laughs> that was from John McTaggart's Scottish Gallovian Encyclopedia, 1824. Jerging, what did anyone get for that? Weaving. Running awkwardly and then juggling. juggling and a noise someone the noise dry shoes make when walked in. I think that's quite a good that's a good word, isn't it? Because it does sound like judge, judge, judge. Now sniggling, what did anyone get for sniggling? Tightening up. Fussing about details. Fussing about details. Oh good. Sniggering and giggling at the same time. Snigger to laugh. Actually, it means a peculiar mode of catching eels <laughs> in a small stream or pond. Um, and it comes from William Smith's Sailor's Word Book, 1867. And the last one, tyromancy. I mean, that, I guess it sounds quite like another word, doesn't it? Well, it... Getting near, yeah, sort of, could be, yeah, power, yes, it, tyrant, it's actually, um, it's about divination, it's about, 
divining by the coagulation of cheese. <laughs> Would you believe it <laughs> that people actually had that job at one time? Okay, so that's a, a sort of quick little starter, which is fun. And now you've got your Beowulf handouts. And c can anyone tell? What can you tell me about Beowulf? Has anyone? Did anyone see the film of Beowulf, the recent one? Yeah. What? Yes. Can you say a bit more about epic? Um, well, it, yes. Um, this is a poem that is not just for entertainment. It is also to remind people of their origins, of their roots, of their yeah. background, yeah. and also to imply some questions about how they behave in those circumstances. Yes, yeah, so it's sort of handing down, if you look at the bottom of your that handout, um, which is Seamus Heaney's translation, actually, of Beowulf, um, it said, his warrior band did what he bade them when he laid down the law among the Danes. So um, Beowulf was written, told and written in Anglo-Saxon, but it was actually about Scandinavia because it was after the Vikings had invaded and, and the Vikings brought all, a lot of their customs and cultures into the Anglo-Saxon world. Um, and can we look just a little bit at the... In fact, I'll play you the Anglo-Saxon. That, that first word, hoat, what do you think that means? Heaney says so, but can you, can you think why that's there? Pay attention. Yes, pay attention, listen up, because I'm going to tell you a story. Am I going out of my zone? <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you a story and you have to listen to me, because it's important. And that's what tells us right at the start that it's an sorry that it's an oral from an oral culture. So I'll try and get it back to the start, and we'll. So if you just follow this down the left-hand side, which is the the Anglo-Saxon. Okay, I think we'll stop it there. Hello, do come in. Are you, are you an Anglo-Saxon speaker by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. 
Um, so that gives you an idea of what... Um, welcome, by the way. Glad you made it. Um, that gives you an idea of what Anglo-Saxon was, is thought or sounded like. How they actually know, I, I'm not sure, but um, it probably is something like that. And we've just said for um, you... What's your name? Stephen. Stephen. We've just said this uh, word, what, uh, which Seamus Heaney translates as so, is a great clue to the fact that this is, comes from an oral culture because it's actually... If you imagine being in the pub and oh, there's a great row going on and you, you've been asked to stand up and give a speech or tell a story, you know, that's exactly the situation that these old tales and stories would be, would be told in. So, shall we now just, um, will, before we go on to the English version, just look at some of the features of Anglo-Saxon. Does any, can anyone tell me what that channel down the middle of the poem is called? A caesura, yes. Because how, I think it was probably a way of helping to remember, because they had to remember... I don't know if how many of you have actually read the whole of Beowulf, but the scop or bard would actually have to remember that whole story, you know. And I think these um, these features, the the double alliteration and the caesura, were a, a, a sort of a way of helping people to remember. Um, and the, you can see the head rhyme. Does anyone know what this funny, funny little letter's called? Um, sort of, it looks a bit like a P. Um, and it's, well, it's difficult to write, actually. It's better to have, I have to put my glasses on. Sorry? Um, a rune called Peel. A rune, oh, that sounds interesting. Are you a, a, are you a div, diviner? Do you divine things with runes? That is called a thorn, actually. A thorn. And that, and also this, um, this strange, the O with a thing like that, has the same, it's a TH sound, th. That's the thorn rune. That's the thorn rune. Ah. 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 Right. Right, okay. I've, I haven't written it very well, but um, I think, I mean, when you first look at Anglo-Saxon and also Middle English, if you look at the Chaucer, um, you, you think, I'm never going to be able to read this, but once you, once you realise that those, the funny thor- the thorn just represents a th sound and also the O with the um, little accent on top, and you sort of can get into a way of speaking it that actually does make it slightly less um, dense and difficult to read. But so let's now pretend we're in the Anglo-Saxon mead hall and we've, we've just finished our meal and slung the bones over our shoulder to the dogs who are all ranged around the room. Um, and the bard's got a sore throat, so we have to say this poem ourselves. So this time I'll start over this side with you, Loreen. So can we just read one line each and we'll, uh, we'll do what we did on this side. We'll go Loreen, you, you, then 
you at the back, you, you, and then we'll come over to this side, you, 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 and we'll finish with you, okay? In English. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not that cruel. <laughs> okay? So. so, the spear days and days gone by. And the kings who ruled them had courage and greatness. You have heard of those princes' heroic campaigns. They were shield sheets and scourge of many tribes. And a record of meat benches rampaging among the floors. The terror of the whole troops had come far. A foundling to start with, he would flourish later on. As his powers waxed and his worth was proved. In the end, each clan on the outlying coasts, beyond the railroad, had to yield to them. And begin to pay tribute. That was one good king. <laughs> Stephen? Afterwards, boy child was born to shield. A cub in the yard, a comfort tent. By God to thy nation, he knew what they had told. Start again. Go again, Lorraine. The long times and troubles they'd come through. Without a leader, so the Lord of life, glorious almighty, made this man renowned. Shield had fathered a famous son. And a young prince who's got a like that. Giving him freedom while his father lives. So that afterwards in age, when fighting starts, is a path to power among people everywhere. Shield was still thriving when his time came. And he would cross over into the Lord's keeping. His warrior band did what he bade them. When he laid down the law among the enemies. Great, thank you very much. That was rather interrupted by a lot of clattering in the passage, but that was the that was the Vikings arriving, I think. So um, I just put the Chaucer in to point out that Chaucer, um, sort of five or six hundred years later than this, introduced rhyme into the language into English poetry. Um, from France because he lived in France uh, for a time and spoke French and he also lived at court so he was, it was much a completely different um, reason for writing poetry in a way and as I, I think as you said I don't know your name behind hello, what was your, what's your name? Peter. Peter, as Peter said it was a way of preserving customs and telling the history of the tribe um, and also making sure people knew what was right, uh, okay to, to do, you know, a right way of life. Uh, whereas with Chaucer, it was much more um, a philosophical look at human nature and uh, had a huge amount of humour in it. So anyone who knows the Canterbury Tales will know. <clears throat> so now I'm going to ask you to do a bit of writing, creative writing. What I want you to do is to write your own life as an epic. Now that might seem a big ask when you've got about 20 minutes left. But 
what I'd like you to do, it's a way of, um, of finding structures when you're, when you're writing poetry, especially tackling something formal like an epic, um, is to think of ways that you can structure it. First of all, you have to make yourself heroic. <coughs> There's absolutely no way an epic would be written about a wimp. So you have to... <laughs> You have to search in your soul and find all your heroic qualities. And so the first thing to do is to write two things down about yourself that you're really good at. Okay, and don't worry about blowing your own trumpet. You have to blow your own trumpet here. So do that first. Has everyone got paper? You can do it on the back of your handouts if you want to. As long as it's positive, that's fine. <clears throat> so when you've written your heroic qualities, I want you to think of three incidents in your life. One very early one, sort of almost like the boy child was born to shield Chiefson. <clears throat> one more recent and one very recent in the very recent past and just do that just briefly jot down three incidents in your life that you think in some way shaped your life or are very important I'm going to make you work very fast because we don't have very much time. So, um, although it would be nice to go into the incidents deeply, just sort of literally give a very brief outline of them. just writing our lives as an epic. I don't know if you did that. <coughs> and you've got 20 minutes. <laughs> so that's cool, yeah. Well, you can make that your last incident. But what you need to do is think of, give yourself two heroic qualities, or look, tell us two heroic qualities that you have. And you have to, it's no good saying, I don't have any. I'm very modest. Because you can't be a hero if you're too modest. 
and then think of three incidents that you think in some way life-shaping, right from your, an early age, slightly later, and then more recently. But just literally it has to be quick notes, because... It... And then do we have to write it? Have you just jotted down the, the three incidents? I think at the moment we've only got time just literally to, to, see, the, to see the incidents. But you might have time... Um, just at the end to, to maybe work one of them up into a bit more of a poem. Because the point of this is a poem. What would the next instructions be? The next instructions. Well, first of all, I'm going to go around and ask people, first of all, for their heroic qualities. So where should we start? Peter, as I know your name. So what's that? How would you say seeing what is really happening in one or two words? Observant or...? T- understanding, understanding real motivations. Someone said soothsayer. Is that what you mean? No. Just, no. Um, so perceptive. Perceptive. Perceptive? Yes. Perceptive. So truthful and perceptive. Okay. What are your heroic? Penny. Penny. Um, analytical and curious. Good. Um, honest and imaginative. Honest and imaginative, that's nice. Um, leading people from boredom and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> A true Viking, in fact. <laughs> so, leading people from boredom. So, how would you... <laughs> so who? How would you put that? How would you put that in one word or two words? Sociable and sociable. <laughs> sociable and very sociable. <laughs> Jolly. All right. What about? I hadn't put it in one word. Uh, good at listening to my daughter's woes, <laughs> <laughs> um, and having many varied interests. Right. So. Maybe intellectual interests. Okay. So shall we say intellectual and um, sympathetic, forbearing? forbearing. <laughs> intellectual and forbearing. That's good. Stephen, what are yours? Um, Cross disciplinary sage. And empathetic humanist. So empathy and how would you say cross-disciplinary? Wise. Wise. So wise, wise, and what was the second one? Wise, sage, and empathetic humanist. What you got? Three heroic qualities. (laughs) Well, wise is the same, isn't it? Wise and empathetic, I think. Okay. So what was yours? Um, Travelling, wandering. Uh, and yeah. uh, philosophizing. Travelling and philosophizing. That sounds the, just the thing to write to write an epic poem, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, compassionate and driven. Compassionate and driven. Those are actually that's quite an interesting combination, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Does that cause you some problems yeah. sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start. Adventurous. And strong, adventurous and strong. Yes. Those are good ones. Uh, actually, my boss told me those two, so... <laughs> what? 
and standing up in the face of fury and courage. Courage and more courage. <laughs> you're, like, you're like this gentleman who's sociable and very sociable. <laughs> courage and determination? Okay. Because my hands um sort of running or sports so that's probably active, mm. being active. Active. And then seeing the other side. So oh. How would you say that in a what's the word for that? Active and it's not so quite, is it? It's not quite that, is it? Object well that's alright. Active and objective, that's okay. That would be good. That would be a hero in my book. <laughs> Empathic. Empathetic. And sage. And sage, okay. Uh, creative and artistic. Oh, good. Both mine was the same. I can, uh, I'm good at interior things and making cheap things look good. <laughs> <laughs> so, how? Creative, I suppose. Creative and. Creative and imaginative. And then. Uh, oh, creative and. So creative and motivational. Okay. I know. Generous. Generous and tenacious. Great. Okay. So now I want you to look at your first um, memory and let's imagine that the the scop is going to stand up and tell your story. So you have to start with a way of getting the attention of the, in the pub, um, whatever, however you think you might do that. It might be banging on something or, you know, or shouting. Um, and then you say, come in with that first word. And then you say your name. And then you say whatever your combination of heroic qualities is. And then say, um, because you're starting, it's interesting actually, because if we had more time, we could think about the three memories you've had and how it would be best to start. Would you start your epic with the last, the most recent one and say, but this all happened, but, but long before this, this happened, which maybe in some strange way leads to this. Maybe it's that you always believe trains are going to be late or slow. <laughs> Even when you're a baby, you, you know, nothing comes in time. Um, and, and so it's sort of validated by the fact that you're, you're held up on a train. Do you see what I mean? There are links between memories. Um, or do you start in the middle, then go to your first memory, and then go to your last memory? And of course, this would be, this is a very, very simplified, simplifying way of doing it because if you're going to write an epic even of three or four pages which I ask people to do in my class um, you'd look much more deeply at the memories work them up into poetry and then we'd think about structuring them and, and where to put them is well I, the weekly class you could come to um, it's creative writing the undergraduate diploma, I don't know if that's... The, you can take away these things which they've kindly provided. Um, so now we have to be very quick. Shall we all stand up? Because we're all now going to... 
We're now going to start our, tell our epics in a noisy pub. So, <laughs> okay, so what's your name? Uh, Zing. 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 Z. Z. Okay, and what's your name? Laura. Laura. So Z, Laura, Stephen, you, you kick off and you, you know, just be very bold and very proud of yourself and your story, okay? And remember your two heroic qualities. Yours were compassion, compassion and being driven. <laughs> okay. That's really interesting, actually, because out of that, lots of stories can come. You know, you were driven into battle, and yet when you came, had to kill somebody, you couldn't. You know, that's a brilliant combination of qualities. So off you go. Just to say... Um, I, I am, first of all, think of a way of getting attention. So you say, hey, or whatever. And then I'm, you're, then your name. And then um, your two heroic qualities. And then just, you can, if you've got an idea of where you might start, just if it's a couple of lines, then go into that, all right? Okay. Hi. Z. Compassion, not and driven. Um, compassionate because I was experienced great hardship as a youngster, but then driven uh, through the pursuit for knowledge and challenges in business. Great, well done. That's a great start. Hey, Laura. Greetings. I'm Laura. I've come from afar. When, uh, since I was fair, I sat on a stair. My brothers and sisters played. I did not care. I traveled far. I can't rhyme this one. For better, for better studies. Um, now I'm in. Now I am here. Now I am here. That's a great way to finish. Okay. So Stephen, what's? Um, Hiri, Hiri, Stephen, wise and fair. Um, Wise and what was it? Wise and empathetic. Could count and read before he could remember. Great, that's a great start. Great start because immediately we're interested. We want to know about this person, about this character. Okay, so that that's enough. And then Peter. Fellow travellers through life, my name is Peter, and I have a terrible catastrophe to tell. I thought I was truthful and perceptive. Oh, did I have much to learn when I look back at the failed beginnings to my life. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. That's got a I got your attention. Yes, he did. He did. Can we just hear the rest yes, of Yes, I want to hear all the rest of it. Okay. Hear me, I'm Penny. I'm curious and I analyse. Maybe because I was born immediately after the death of a sibling and my mother was sad. Again, a brilliant start. Absolutely. You've set up a whole story. If you've done, said your piece, you can sit down again. Um, that's great. I like that, Penny. So, yes. Uh, listen, I'm Ali, imaginative and honest. My honesty has taken me to Nottingham to begin studying at the age of 18. 
mm, that's, that's fine. But that interests me because I think, <clears throat> why, why is it your honesty that's taken you there? So that's what I'd want to know next in the story. Or you might make it a cliffhanger and say, um, you know, keep sort of giving pe teasing people and saying, I was too honest, or, you know, and then finally you let us know how it all worked. Not necessarily, but it makes a very good Viking story. Because <laughs> I think the, um, this idea of going over the seas, and, and especially the seafarer and the wanderer, um, the idea of exile, going into exile away from your homeland and carrying this grief. And uh, I think it's in The Wanderer where the, the, the narrator says that the noble man carries his grief bound tightly in his chest. He doesn't sort of share it with the world. So that, that would be a good um, theme to look at. Okay. So. Uh, please, let me tell you when Andy, younger and slighter in frame, but still sociable and seeking merriment, uh, <laughs> often in detentions at school, but surrounded by many responsible for their being there. Say that often in detention, did you say? At school. Oh, at school. But surrounded by many. And responsible. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. We want to, certainly want to know more about Andy. Okay, Amel, do you want to? I am Mary Lucille. Mary in one tribe and Lucille in the other. I am tenacious. Who am I? Sometimes I wonder. I'm generous because I live in these different tribes and negotiate between them. <laughs> good. So you're also a good negotiator. That's your oh. third heroic quality. <laughs> okay. okay, it's good. Yeah? Good afternoon. <laughs> I'm Pamela, both innovative and a motivator. A motivator of others and a motivator of myself. I had to be in it when a male of the species disappeared with everything I had. Gosh. And I had to make <laughs> and I had to make the best of my ability to be an innovative and to be a motivator on the birth of my son, who I was determined was not going to turn out the same way. Great. And I I hope the next verse is going to say I went after him with a lacks. <laughs> 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 Okay. So, before the war ended, a baby girl was born. She was named Christine and grew to be thoughtful and wise and became a creative and artistic leader of women. Nice, I like that. Slightly different way round, wasn't it? You did the birth story and then the, the heroic qualities came afterwards. Lorene. 
I remember gazing into my mother's eyes, gurgling as an infant. She named me Lorene. I was able to take my way into her affections and look at her life. I am a sage, you see. I bilocate to, to different places and at border guards, I am able to see into their lives and have them mesmerized by my very presence so that I can get my own way. I am a sage. I am a sage. Okay. Sorry, excuse me, I'm Laura. <laughs> <laughs> that is no way to start an epic. <laughs> this is an anti-epic, I think. I'm okay. Laura, active and objective in days gone past, although not at the moment. Born with life, I long for the days shared with my father at sea. Well, that, yeah. Apart from the apology at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> you may think I may be courageous, but I fear as all of you do. But I'm determined enough not to let that stop me be as obnoxious as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And what? I am Ross. I am full of adventure and have the great strength of a large lioness. <laughs> <laughs> I sailed in a tempest and saved my father. In my youth, I climbed volcanoes and dove deep into the turbulent seas of Turkey. Great. Can you, can you just say that again very, very loudly? Stand up and say it again, because it's a very good one to end on. I am Ros. I am full of adventure and the strength of a large lioness. As a child, I sailed. I saved my father. I sail, uh, sailing in a tempest. In my youth, I climbed volcanoes and dove deep into the turbulent seas of Turkey. Great. Well, I don't know if that did actually happen, but it sounds very heroic. <laughs> it sounds the sort of thing that should happen in an epic. So it's now um, we've run out of time. So thank you all very much for bearing with me. And um, I hope I might see some of you in my classes. The weekly classes are on a Friday morning, 10.30 to 12.30. Um, yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you. And no, you can, you can keep the handouts, that's fine. And if you have time, please try and write your epics. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't, because I'm so hopeless at technology. And I've, I have been asked to do one, but... I, you know, I find it very, cha I find it very challenging. Oh, so you can't come here. I could. That could be my heroic task. Basically, given us an algorithm.
What's that? What's that? It's like a recipe. Oh, thank you. I've learned a new <laughs> word. <laughs> thank you very much. Okay, that's great. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, good. I don't actually know. No, that's... Um, I don't know who does. Who does now? It used to be David Grills, but... I think Sandy Byrne. Sandy Byrne, yeah. Sandy Byrne, yeah. Thank you. Great. Oh, good, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh no, and it was a blooming train disaster. Oh gosh. Well, thank you for coming. Oh. And of course, you know, half an hour later, we were sitting in the station. Anyway. Oh yes, of course you did. Yes. The number of trains that were delayed, cancelled. Yes. And it's so expensive. Because I couldn't use my rail card because it was too early. So yeah. So that you know. Anyway, you don't want to hear that moan. Better go off and Yes. Yes. Anyway, what happened to your your factress? It's still sitting there. I feel very bad about that. After all your support. Um, I hope to. I have, are there still some places? I'm not sure if I've sent my job. Oh, right. Okay, so I just need to send my, my money to you. Yes, okay, that would be great. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, it's nice. lovely to see you. Nice to see you. Bye bye. Bye. I didn't know what else to say. All okay? It's fine. It's so simple, isn't it?